Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you with our, our arms outstretched to you. And Lord, we say, here I am. Help us to uh, stay connected. Help us to find ways to uh, share your love and grace with others. And Lord, help us to be your children. So Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So uh, Tracy and I, we just uh, changed our insurances for, uh, for our dental coverage and our uh, vision coverage uh, starting at the beginning of the year. So I went ahead and made two quick appointments here in January to go to the dentist, which I absolutely hated, even though I didn't have any cavities, so yay for that. But I also made appointments to go see my eye doctor, and, and I love going to the eye doctor. I know I'm weird, but it's just, it's a fun experience for me because I I love when you sit in that chair and they take that big old giant thing and they put it in front of you and they have you read the letters that that are up on the walls. And and the thing that I love about that is that I've I've had problems with my glasses for about six months uh, in, in 2019 and just just really had a hard time reading through them. They were, they were transitional. They had just some weird things going on, so I had to figure out how to hold my head to read exactly just right. But uh, while I was at the doctor, uh, the eye doctor, they, they had me look through this thing, and you know, the very beginning, what I saw was so blurry. I, I couldn't even read the top line, let alone the very bottom line that they, that they want you to be able to read. But as I sat there with the, the eye doctor, she would flip the little switches on the little device, and she would say, okay, is A better or B better? And I would say a letter, or one, two, two, three, four, you know. And it would go through that process till I got to the point where she, like, flipped two levers at the very end and said, okay, read the bottom line. And I was able to read the bottom line just fine. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, that's kind of like how we are at the church sometimes. Sometimes we get so busy and we get so distracted that, that we really can't see what we're supposed to be doing. We, we get distracted by, by, by things in the news, by, by maybe things at home, and, and we, we lose focus on, on what it is that God is calling us to do. That's why we started this series at the beginning of the year to help remind us that we need to refocus at times to to fully understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And here at Royce City First United Methodist Church, we have two things that helps us focus. The first is our, our mission, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And the second is our vision, which we have up here to be gods, to know that, that we belong to God. 
and that you belong here, that, that those of you who are here in the sanctuary, you know that. That's why you're here. You know you belong here, but we are to go out into the community and let those around us know that they belong here, that this is a place where they can grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we do that in three different ways. We worship together, we serve with heart, and we grow in our faith. Last week we talked about the importance of worship and and how we grow together when we worship with one another. But today we are going to focus on that second part about what does it mean to serve? What does it mean to, to serve with heart? So as we think about that, our focus today is on Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. And I invite you to follow along on the screen, or if you want to have your Bibles, you can read them there as well. But hear these words from Paul. He writes, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Let me read that one more time since it's nice and short. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That one simple verse really encapsulate what it means to to be in service to Christ. It, it gives us three ways that we can look at it to know that, that this is what we are called to do a, as followers of Jesus Christ. First, it says that we were called to be free. We were called to be free. What that means is that we have been saved. Through, through the work of Jesus Christ, we are then set apart and set to be free from those things that, that hold us back. We, we are set free from our sin. We're set free from our past. But we are then connected to a Savior who came and lived as one of us and died, but rose again so that we may have life and life abundantly. See, that, that's important to remember because sometimes we Methodists, we, we get in trouble from other denominations because we talk so seriously about why we serve. Sometimes the idea gets that, well, we're trying to earn our salvation. And, and I can't be more adamant to say, no, we know that we cannot earn our salvation. But it is because we have been saved is that we go out and serve. And and where we get this from Scripture is from James chapter 2, verse 18, where we read that someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Well, James goes on and says, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith with, by my deeds. So while, while people say that they have faith but you don't see anything from that, we are able to, to show our faith by what we do, how we serve, how we love, how, how we go out into the community, how we, we interact with one another, how we make a difference. As I say over time and time again, we make a difference because Christ has made a difference for each and every one of us. 
See, that's where it all starts. It starts with the work of, of Jesus Christ, and we then extend that work out into the world so others may see Christ in us. But one of the things about serving is that it can, it can cause a barrier. And that barrier is the second part of the scripture where it says to not use our freedom to indulge in the flesh. And what that means is that sometimes it's easy for us to serve and we start patting ourselves on the back because of what we're doing. We, we start saying, look how great I am because I am doing all of these things. Or worse, even yet, we say, why should I have to do that? I shouldn't have to help someone else. I shouldn't have to put myself out there so other people can be set free. I shouldn't, shouldn't put myself on the line because then I would lose my security, my, my safety. But see, this is a age-long question that has been going through the church even all the way back to Jesus and his disciples. We see that as the disciples were gathering, a couple of them, James and John, were, were scheming in a way to get a, a place of authority beside Jesus. They said, you know, we want to be on your right and your left and let everybody else just serve us because we want to be the great ones. But Jesus had a warning for them and also for the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 11, and 12 when he said, listen, that the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus then just takes it and just flips it on end and says, no, just because you have power doesn't mean that you're the greatest. Just because you are one of my disciples doesn't mean that you should have anything and everything just fall into your lap, but because you are a disciple, you serve one another. Because you are my disciple, you, you find a way to serve. You find a way to, to lower yourself so that others may be exalted. As we begin in this political cycle of, of 2020, I see time and time again both political parties fighting for power. I see both of them slinging arrows at one another saying that this party is crazy and this party has absolutely no idea what they want to do, but they're grasping for the wrong thing. Instead of trying to serve, instead of trying to love, instead of trying to, to lift the way of Christ and to serve one another, the thirst for power, the thirst for authority will continue to be the downfall of the political system. But we, as the followers of Christ, we, we put that aside and we say, look, God has called me to serve one another. And I will stand and I will do so and I will make sure that as I serve, people are connected to a God who loves and cares for them. Because the fact of the matter is, the reason why we serve is that we are called to love. 
I love is one of those dangerous words that, that can easily get, get thrown around. But see, the love that, that Paul is writing about here is a love called agape. It's not the love that I have for my wife, Tracy. It's not the love that I have for bacon or for popcorn or, or for, for pizza. But the love that we talk about is, as C.S. Lewis defines, it's a selfless love that is passionately committed to the well-being of others. See, that is the love that we are called to be about as the church. We're not called to, to a love that, that forces our way or, 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 or makes, uh, makes our way greater. Our type of love is selfless to let others know that we are here to serve beside one another. And the best way that we see that love is the love that is, that is given through the person of Jesus Christ. One of the most popular verses that is quoted time and time again, I'm sure if you watch either of the games, you may see a sign held up in the end zone that says John 3:16. that is a reminder that God loved us so much that he gave his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the kind of love that we as followers of Jesus Christ are to share with one another. So that's basically the theoretical way or kind of looking at the scripture and how that is. And, and the thing that I wanted to make sure that I did today was to give us some, applic some applicable ways to do that. How, how do we make that alive for us today? Well, first, as a church, we serve each other. You know, we have a, a great uh, list of ministries that, that we are able to serve each other through, whether it's uh, being an usher or a greeter, uh, helping to provide uh, food for Wednesday night jam meals, counting money, being on the praise team, being on the choir, teaching Sunday school, teaching youth. You know, we are getting ready to start something new with our AV stuff next Sunday. We're going to need more people to help out with there. So I'm so excited about that. But these are ways that we are able to serve within our local church. But then, as you hear me say time and time again, we are called to do more than just inside our local church. We are called to reach outside of our, our local church and to work with our community. And we have two ways that we normally do that, and one Richard already talked about with our Daily Bread Food Pantry. You know, needing volunteers to go and help families and individuals as they go through and, and pick out food for them so that they have sustenance throughout the week. You know, Richard, I'm going to go ahead and just, just make it even a little easier, say that if you can't do once a month, but if you can do once a quarter, go ahead and sign up so you can go and be a help for those in need. And the other way is a ministry that's near and dear to my heart, and that's our One Plus One program with Davis Elementary School. I love going in every Thursday and meeting with my uh, little Davis buddy and, and hearing what's going on with his life and reading with him and, and, and helping him. I've been with him for, uh, my, this is my second year with him now, and just to see him grow as a young man is just fun to experience. But if you don't want to work with kids and you want to help in the office, they need help there, or, or the library needs books shelved, or 
uh, bulletin boards covered, uh, decorations made, because, you know, our teachers, they have enough to do to make sure uh, that the kids are well-educated and growing up with knowledge. If we are able to take bits and pieces off of their plate, it'll help them focus on those students that they are called to serve. You can, and, and again, all of this is on our website, fumcroycity.life, that you can sign up and we'll get you, get you plugged in. Another way that we are helping is domestically. And there are two ways that you could help with that. A week from Wednesday, we have a group uh, connecting with uh, Rockwall First United Methodist Church to go down to uh, Rockport, Texas to help with hurricane recovery. Uh, Dean Gilkinson is one of them. Uh, Jim Melody is another. They're going to take off on Wednesday to go and do some hurricane relief down in Rockport. There's still a lot of work that needs to happen down there. If you need to get con connected with them, if you're looking at doing that, let me know and I'll get you connected with them so you can figure out how to get plugged in with that. And the other one that I'm really excited about is the Appalachia Service Project. This is our youth mission trip this year. The past couple of years, we went down to uh, South Texas and, and helped out with um, some ministries that were there building homes. But this is where we will actually go out to eastern Tennessee to help families in the Appalachia Mountains with uh, home repair actual home repair. We'll work on, on roofs. We'll work on uh, wheelchair ramps. We'll work on uh, siding and uh, insulation. All of these type of jobs will be things that our youth will do so that they can make a difference in that local community. But the biggest thing about those type of mission trips for the youth is that it makes a difference in our youth's lives as well. I grew up in a denomination that we didn't do mission trips. We, we went to camps, we went to uh, the Passion Play in uh, Branson or in Eureka Springs. We did those type of things. But when I uh, started my career as a youth pastor, I got the opportunity to go to three different locations for mission trips, out to the Four Corners area in New Mexico, uh, to the Appalachia Service Project, and to Juarez, Mexico to build cinder block homes. And each time that I went on one of those trips, those families ministered more to me than I ministered to them. And I am looking forward to the opportunity to see our kids experience that. And the way that you are able to help is by buying Super Bowl subs, or if you want to help uh, give some money for uh, the youth mission trip, let me know and we'll get you connected with that because it costs about seven to $8,000 to make that happen. And the kids are paying part of that, but there's stuff that we need to uh, make sure that all of that is taken care of. And then finally, this is something that hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if we've had this happen in our church, but I would love to see us go internationally here in this next year or the year after. And there are two places that I really want to pinpoint them. One is in Germany at the Elroy House. And Aaron Kincaid and the Kincaid family, they have this ministry there that they're re refurbishing or, or redoing a, a home there so families and people can go and then share Christ in a post 
Christian world by doing vacation Bible schools, by, by working alongside some of the, the big, giant cathedrals that are there that now have small, dwindling congregations. So going to Germany to help support them, but also I have a missionary that Trace and I are connected with down in Bolivia, and she is getting ready to go back down, and she has ministry to orphans and widows and families down in Bolivia. To, to share the love of Jesus Christ with them. And I would love for us to prayerfully consider to find a way to send teams in both directions so that we can be touched by the love and grace of Jesus Christ, but we can share the love of Christ that we have with others. You know, it's, it's good to know that we have different ways that we can serve, but but here's the most important thing that I want you all to hear, is that you do not need Pastor Chris to tell you where to serve. You don't need Pastor Chris to tell you how to, to take your time and energy to share the love of Christ with others. Theologian Frederick uh, Beekner, he said it the best way, that when we serve, we are to find the place God calls you where your deep gladness and the world's deepest hunger meet. The best place to serve is where your deep gladness and the world's deepest hunger meets. I shared that with the 830 service, and I had a meeting with a congregation member in my office after that service because she's had an idea bubbling up in her that she wants to try, that she feels that God has been leading her to, to do this type of ministry, and she wanted to run it by me to see if this is something we can do as a church. And I told her two things. First of all, it needs to be your ministry. You need to be the one that, that drives it because I can't have a ministry just dumped onto me and had me continue to move it forward. But also, you need to know that if you start this ministry and it's something that takes off, it's something that we can't drop because there are so many people who may need that ministry. And if we start it up and then we let it go, then how are we actually serving people? So she's praying about it, and we're going to have conversations down in the future, and I'm looking forward to being able to announce to you what this new ministry idea is. And who knows, maybe God is planting a ministry idea inside of you. Maybe you've had a deep longing and desiring to do something, and, and you felt hesitant about that. But know, my friends, that God has great plans for the ministries that are planted inside of your heart. And God has people that he wants you to introduce him to, to allow your love of Jesus to become their love of Jesus so that more and more people can then serve with heart. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us many different ways to serve you. Whether they're already uh, viable ministries that we do here at Royce City First United Methodist Church or whether they're just dreams that we have. 
Lord, we know that you are calling us to a deeper faith, a deeper understanding, a, a, a deeper way to minister in your name. Lord, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit to, to be unleashed upon us, to allow those wildest dreams to come true so that we may be the church that you have called us to be. So God, help us and lead us in your ways. And we pray this in the name of the one who loves us and cares for us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.